Thank you for your service to our country, and uh, you know, we know God will bless you for that. Amen. Amen. Uh, I know um, a lot of you are have probably may have family members that are serving right now, and we pray for you, and we uh, pray uh, for them all the time when our 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 staff meetings, our elders, and everywhere around our prayer team prays for you guys. So you know, thank you for doing all this you've done. God's so good, isn't He? Well, welcome to Cornerstone Church. My name is Sean Afkin, lead pastor here. We're glad you're here. And I know most of you are wondering, why is he in a suit? It's like one of the worship team uh, during our prayer meeting before services today that I uh, said it must be either a funeral or a wedding. And it is a wedding, and, uh, which sometimes is like a funeral. But anyway, um, I will... Uh, yeah. So you got that. Okay, good. Um, I'll be going right after this service. So you might have a shorter service today. <laughs> Don't be excited about that. No, you're not now. Never forget it. I, I'm, they're not going to start with that me at the wedding anyway. So, no, God's good, isn't he? You know what other day this is today? Today is Pentecost Sunday. Amen. If you don't know what that means, that, you know, 2,000 years ago, the Holy Spirit was poured out uh, with tongues of fire unto men and filled men once again that we have the Spirit of God inside of us. as You as a believer has the very Spirit of God living inside of you. And I tell you what, that's awesome because we couldn't do what we do without that, without Him in us. So let's give the Lord praise for that and thank Him for it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And a lot of the things that we've been talking about with this, this series, which I'll end today, called Life Together is that um, we need the Holy Spirit to do life together. You need the Holy Spirit to help you live with the person next to you. Turn around and say amen to them, amen. And, um, but we need the Holy Spirit to be who He's called us to be. And, uh, and so today I'm going to end this, and I'm going to talk about one of the greatest leaders of all time, and that is Jesus today. I'm going to talk about Him and what made Him a great leader and how that studying about this certain topic will help you and I be all that God's called us to be and to be this light into this world. You know, Jesus is the greatest leader that ever has lived. And how many guys, you know, every one of us have been influenced by some kind of leader in our life. We've been influenced by someone, you know, who influenced you to do what you do as your occupation. Someone did. What you're wearing, someone influenced you. Uh, how you parent, someone influenced you there. How, how you relate to your spouse, you were influenced by somebody where you went to college, how you even do your Christian life. So every one of us has influenced somebody. In fact, every one of us influence people. Every one of us are a leader. You're a leader. You're going to influence someone. But we need to learn how to be the leader that God's called us to be in order for us to have this life that he's called us to live. And and be able to live with each other, and also to be able to see his kingdom come here on this earth. You know, there's this uh, story about this young wife. She was cooking her first ham for their um, this celebration dinner. Her husband was in the uh, kitchen with her, and he, he saw her cut off, cut off two, each edge of the ham, each side of the ham, and she put it in, a pot, in, the, in the pan and put it in the oven. And he asked her, why do you cut off two good portions of the ham? She says, well, I don't know. My mom always did that. And so her mom was in the living room. So he, the husband walks in to his mom and says, now, um, I just saw my wife do this. I said, why? And she said that you cut off both ends of the ham. Why do you do that? I don't know. I did it because my mom did it. 
So he's thinking, what's going on here? You know, because I'm, I'm losing a lot of meat because of this. And so he says, I'm, I'm going to call grandma. And so he calls grandma up and uh, he says, uh, hey, grandma, you know, your, your daughter does this and my wife, your, your granddaughter does this. So why do you cut off each ends of the ham? Well, I don't know why they do that. The reason I do that is because it, the ham would never fit in my pan. <laughs> you and I influence people, but we need to influence them the right way because God has called each one of us to lead. Every one of you will lead somebody in your lifetime, whether it's a good way or not. And uh, in order for us to do life together, like I said, every one of us are called this. Everyone are called us to do this. How do we do it like Jesus does? Because he was the greatest man that ever lived. And if we want to be great like him, we got to need to study how he led and how he influenced people. And one of the examples that I'm going to give you comes out of John 13. You can go ahead and turn there. And it's an example of a, a leadership style that Jesus had. And this is what happened in John 13. He met with his disciples in the upper room for supper. And they didn't have a servant that was able to come and wash their feet when they came in. Because it was their custom to do that. Because they ran around in sandals. It was all dirty and everything. So they would have the servant wash their feet. And so instead of the disciples, when they realized that there was no servant, instead of them getting down and washing their own feet or anybody else's feet, they started to um, have an argument about who is the greatest. And they said, you know, I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. And, and, and they were just talking about that. So Jesus looking at them says, I think this is a teachable moment. So after supper, Jesus uh, takes off his outer clothes. He wraps a towel around his waist and gets a basin full of water. And he goes and he washes his disciples' feet. He was teaching them about servanthood, about serving people. And so we can learn a number of things from the story of what Jesus did here and I want you to listen because one of the greatest things and one of the greatest ways you can become a leader is by being first a servant. And this is how Jesus' style was. His style was being a servant. And this is what Jesus did. Jesus served people. And so how do we do this? So what motivated Jesus to do this? And this is the same motivation you and I should have. See, God's love motivated Jesus to serve. His love for them. And in John chapter 13, verse 1, look what it says here. It says, was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and to go to his Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. And see, we're talking about this whole series about doing life together, about, about, about being somebody who can influence somebody towards the kingdom of God. But the only way we're going to be able to do that correctly is to become a servant, but be motivated by love. Jesus' whole motivation on this earth was not motivated because he had to do it. wasn't motivated because he was obligated to do it. He didn't sign up to do it. It was all about love. He wasn't forced to do these things. He did it out of love. Love for God and love for you and I. And that's what motivated him to serve people. When we serve people, not with just our words, because a lot of times we, we say, oh, I love you, but you don't really love people. Right? It's by action. Love is a verb. It is action. You know, my wife, the, she, doesn't, she doesn't care if I say I love you. She wants me to wash the dishes. 
And I hate washing the dishes. So when I wash the dishes, that's love. I mean, you ladies say amen. You know, when I clean uh, up after myself, that is love to my wife. Now, some, some ladies, I know you, you, you love people giving you flowers and, and stuff. That's so easy, and I'm, I, I would be so thankful if my wife was like that. But I have to work hard. Love is always work. Even if you give flowers, it's work. Love is always action. It's never just a word. See, God never said, I love you, and did nothing. His I love you always followed by action, or action was first. He showed us real love. Jesus was doing this. See, in order to be a leader, what God has called you and I to be, every single one of us, no one's left out today. Love must be the motivating factor in your life. And you love to serve. You lay down your life. A businessman named Harry Garland said this. He says, being a leader is more than just wanting to lead. Leaders have empathy for others and a keen ability to find the best in people, not the worst, by truly caring for others. You know, if all leaders do to you is complain about how bad you are, then they're not leaders who want to serve you. They're leaders who want to control you. Everyone uh, of us, if all we do is complain about everybody else and everything going around us, all we want to do is control instead of serve. See, we need to lose control. And love gives you the pathway to lose control of your life to serve somebody else, to serve the person next to you. And it's not just about washing their feet, because I really hate feet. That was a custom. Jesus saying it wasn't about that. It was about serving one another. It's about preferring your brother over yourself. See, Jesus said this, and I love this, what he says. He says, the world will know that you are of me because of your love for one another. How do you show love? It's not because you say, oh, I love you, see you later. It's by going mowing someone's yard. By opening the door for someone. By giving somebody your umbrella after second service when it's pouring down rain when they don't have one. Oh, now we're going to get it now, right? We have cameras in our parking lot. We will see. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Actually, we probably do. But anyway, but it's you and I giving of ourselves, laying down our life for our friend. You know, that verse isn't just about dying. It's about laying down who you are. So what is motivating you? Do you really love the person next to you? How about this? Do you really love somebody over here or over there that you don't even know? Jesus did. And that's what he's called us to do. To love our stranger, to love our enemies. Oh, that's going to be a hard one, right? I love my, my dad when he got saved. Well, our whole family got saved together. Same time, back in 1983. He radically got saved. It said in the Bible, he did it. Whether he failed or whatever. I mean, he just went after it. And I remember one time, he had, um, he had a very successful business, opened up another store down the road. It was a locksmith security business. And uh, opened a store down the road. Well, there was this other company that was just, they were in and out of their house. They didn't have stores or anything. Well, they had opened up one. My dad didn't know anything about it. Just a couple blocks down. 
Now, this guy didn't have enough finances to really get into a good spot, so he's back into a place that was out of the way. No one could really see him unless he did a lot of advertising stuff. Well, he put out all this money for that little place. My dad was, that store grew and just doing well, and my dad began to hear that this guy was saying that he did this on purpose. He didn't need a store. He just started it just to put him out of business, and that was never my dad's heart, you know. And so my dad struggled with that because that's not who he is. He it's not that he wasn't want to gain more business and, and, and be successful, but he didn't want anybody to think that he was being mean or unloving. And so this is what he did. He goes to that guy's store, knocks on the door. No one's no, wasn't open, trying to find him. No one's there. Because they were basically going out of business, so they were in and out of that place. And so he was trying to go back and trying to find him, wait for the guy there, and finally got him. They were open. He still wasn't there. He was gone on a call. And, uh, and then he continues, he continues for a long time until he finds the owner at his store. And he says, I hear you have been talking about me. Now, the owner thinks that dad's mad at him. And so he starts, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, no, 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 that's not what I'm I hear you've talked and said this, and I want you to know that is not me. And so my dad hands him a $1,000 check back in 1988, gives him the check, and walks out the door. And then, I don't know that this is all going on. I don't know that he does this. I didn't know until years later. And then he shuts down that store. He takes that store. He does it in another part of town. He opens up another one in another part of town, but he shuts down that store. Because that guy knew my dad was a believer. And that guy wasn't a Christian. An older man didn't like, I don't know if he would have liked Jesus at all. My dad was so blessed. I want you to know that. Setting down in the store, starting another one, he was blessed. I was sitting in the, in the office one, in the, it, was, it wasn't an office, it was a workshop. But anyway, I was sitting there and, and someone comes in the door. I thought it was a customer. I didn't know who this guy was. And I says, hey, uh, can I help you? And, and the guy says, uh, is, uh, is Perry here? And I said, um, yeah, he's in the back room. I'll, I'll go get him. And, and uh, so I got my dad. And I didn't know this had gone on. I thought my dad just shut the store down because he didn't like it, couldn't find workers or whatever. And uh, this guy comes in and when my dad starts coming out, you start seeing tears flow down. I'm thinking, oh, this is crazy. If you just want a key cut, just ask. And, <laughs> and so I'm thinking, well, what's going on? And the guy just, he says, thank you. And uh, I don't know, you didn't have to shut your store down. I was wrong. I mean, just God just ministered in that area. See, guys, God is calling you and I to radical love, to radical servanthood. To be a leader, you cannot be a leader if you don't serve. One of the things that we do around here is that everyone must be able to clean toilets. It's so important in our staff here that if that's needed, we would do it without complaining. Because we serve people. None of us are higher than the other. So what is motivating you to be who you are? Is it selfishness? Or is it love? And see, Jesus was motivated by love where he laid down who he was, whose name is above every name. Jesus. He lowered himself 
and he served. And he not just did it that time, he did it the whole time, even to the cross. Number two, we are to serve with humility from the heart. John chapter 13, verse 4, let's look at this. He says, so he got up after the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, you're going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, Peter said, you're not going to wash my feet, he said. And Jesus says, well, if I don't wash, wash your feet, you'll have no part of me. And then, Jesus, and then Peter says, I'm, then give me a whole bath. Here you go. Wash my head, wash my, my leg, wash whatever you want, and let's get it, let's get over because I want everything that you have. And then Peter allowed him to do that. Then the Lord said, Simon Peter replied, just not my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. See, washing their feet shows leadership humility. He was humbled. The disciples are very confused at this point because they think Jesus is coming. He's the king, and he's going to establish his kingdom. And so they're fighting. Who's going to, I'm going to get, be the right-hand man. That's what they're doing there, right there. And I'm going to be his right-hand man because that, what they're thinking is, I'm going to be able to tell people what to do. I want to be able to, to, to be the Lord over people. And that's what their heart was because, you know, just not too long ago, they were willing to call down fire from heaven. And so here they were concerned about all this. So Jesus' teaching moment here wasn't teaching them just about hygiene. It was teaching them about holiness. This is a whole, whole, whole thought about servanthood, but the baseline of the thought is holiness. And this is what holiness is. not about what you do or don't do. Holiness is a matter of the heart. See, they were all about themselves, and Jesus calls us to die to ourselves. I mean, that third song we sing that Clancy, Clancy wrote that song, by the way, is an amazing song. That we die to who we are. And we become who He is. And that's one of the most important things. And that's what the saddest part of the American church is. It's all about us and our personality. When it should be all about the Son, Jesus Christ, and who He is. And lead and be like Him. And love like Him. And be humble like He is. Jesus was trying to get them, don't think about who you are and what you want. Get your eyes off yourself. See, servant leaders wake up every morning thinking about other people. Followers wake up thinking about themselves. If you ever done a course on human relations, you know, the least important word that they tell you in human relations is I. The most important word is We. The two most important words are thank you. The three most important words are all is forgiven. It's all about others. It's all about somebody else. It's not about me being offended. It's not about me getting what I want and what I desire. It's not about me having this title. It's about me bowing my knee to the king of kings and getting his orders and doing what he's called me to do out of the love and the humility that he has and becoming like him. Jesus had all power and all authority, but he modeled humility in his leadership style. And that humility ultimately led him to the cross. 
and God exalted him. Could you imagine you yourself being in charge of that and saying, listen, you're going to die for people? You know what most of us would do? I know this is what I would do. Find someone else to do it for me. Isn't that right? I'm going to delegate this. This is a good delegation. You go to the cross. He didn't do that. And he could have. At the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, get this cup to pass. But not my will, but your will be done, Lord. That's the heart of God. And then now God has exalted him because of humility. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 says this, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. That should be our heart. Who, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in the human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death of the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every name should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I love that. Isn't that good? He was exalted not because he got a title. He was exalted because of his humility. What's hindering us in our humility? Self-centeredness and pride. You know, if we would stop worrying about what others think of us and stop complaining about everybody and everything around us and start serving with humility, then God would exalt you. He would give you opportunities that you could never dream of could happen on your own. Serve. Stop thinking that you got the short end. You might have. Someone must, might have done something wrong to you at work, and I don't deny that. But listen, be like Christ, and you will be exalted. Serve. I don't care if you're not getting paid enough. I don't care what your situation is. Serve. Be a servant. Show the love of God. Show the love of Christ. Be humble. And watch God exalt you. You don't need man to exalt you. Listen, if man exalts you, guess what? It will go away. But if God exalts you, it will last for eternity. Amen? And you can see it in this life. So what is hindering you from serving with humility? Get rid of that self-centeredness and pride. And the third thing he did, he served with purpose. In verse 12 of John 13, he says, When he had finished washing their feet. He put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and so rightly so, for this is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. See, this was his purpose. His purpose wasn't just getting them to feel good and having clean feet. Peter, man, your feet stink, man. Get them in that. No, that wasn't his purpose. His purpose was to show them how to live life. Do this to others as I have done for you. 
And verse 16 says, I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you what? Do them. How many guys want to be blessed? You will be blessed if you do them. I will be blessed if I serve my neighbor. I will be blessed if I serve someone I do not know. But not only that, I show the love of God. I show the purposes of God. I want that. Many people define leadership as the the ability to achieve a position or rank or title. Do you know how Jesus defines leadership? He says this, It's appropriate to call me teacher because I am, but the master is not greater than the servant. And the first will be last, and the last will be first. He said this. He said a towel is more important than a title. I've seen so many people get titles and totally change overnight in a wrong way. I've seen people who have gotten the title of pastor go out and get their pastor stickers and get their pastor cards and, and want everybody to serve them. It's all about us taking up that towel and serving other people. And that's where we're going to be blessed. See, the purpose of the disciples now is to go and serve others in practical ways. And after Jesus went off to heaven, they needed the Holy Spirit's power that was poured out to serve others. For example, Peter needed humility to deal with the Sanhedrin and all the religious leaders that he had to deal with. And as they planted churches all around They had to have boldness with humility to do those things because there's people who didn't like it and wanted to kill them. And in most places, it was lawful for them to do so. But the reason the church grew wasn't because we went out and picket things. The reason the church grew wasn't because we were just bold and says, you are wrong and we are right. The reason the church grew because they died to themselves and says, it's not my will, but God's will be done. And they served and loved people. And some to their death. That's what caused the church to grow. They did it with a humble heart. The purpose is ultimately that we do and we serve is to see people come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, to share the good news of the gospel, to know God and to make him known. Mark 20, 28 says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom to many. In order for you and I to be more like Jesus, we must serve others. To be blessed, we must serve. To be the light that he's called us to be. We must become servants. And to be exalted, we must serve. You know, today, it's a good day to change. Because we celebrate people who have given their life. We celebrate Pentecost. The Holy Spirit coming down and enabling us for greatness. And to become like what Jesus was. Today is a good day to change the selfish heart and to become humble. Think about it. What can you change today to become more like Jesus? More like a servant where you love, where you walk in humility, 
and you serve with a purpose. Some of you have got people on your mind right now that you know that you need to go and serve. Someone maybe you've been dealing with who you don't like, and you need to go and buy them lunch. Maybe that's me. You can buy me lunch. <laughs> it's, it's lunchtime. I'm hungry. I am going to eat wedding cake, that's for sure. So maybe it's the person next to you. You haven't been, servant, been a servant to them. Lay down your life. And serve. Lay down your desires, your heart, and serve them. So what is it today you need to do? So make that choice. And the second way you're going to be able to become that is by hanging out with Jesus through worship and prayer and the Word. Get to know Him. Because you know what? He has never stopped serving you. He's been highly exalted, but that doesn't stop him from serving. He's still a servant. He, he has, that's his DNA. That's who he is. Hang out with him. That's why in worship, when you worship, it's all about God. But how come we receive so much? Because God just gives it back. Serve. Serve him by just worshiping him and praising him and get to know him and get to know his heart and get his heart for others. And then get out there and do it. Get out there and serve people. Go home today and figure out how you can serve your neighbors. When you come in here, how you can serve people. You know, one of the things, uh, Patrick's mother and father-in-law are here. Can you guys stand up? The pairs, come on, stand up. Joey and Rosa, won't you guys stand up? This is Patrick and Raquel. This is Raquel's mom and dad. So let's give them a hand. They, uh, they help pastor a church in, uh, where is it at? South, it's in Texas. Amarillo, yeah, Amarillo, Texas. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell on their son-in-law here. We, um, we were interviewing Patrick and Raquel back in um, the fall sometime. And so I hadn't come in. They were meeting with elders, had a lot of meetings. But I hadn't come in on a day and just to meet with all the staff. Because if the staff don't like them, you don't hire them. You know, it's not good. So. And so um, he's, he comes in. He sits down. We start eating and everything. We had tables out in the, down in the uh, hangar there. And, uh, and so we're eating dinner just, or lunch and uh, just, just, just talking and everything. We're all getting done. I said, okay, it's time to go. And, and, uh, and so we had to put up the tables, okay? So guys are putting up the tables. And, and I see him out of the corner of my eye. Now, I didn't ask him to do this. It wasn't, I wouldn't even thought that he would do this. But he gets up and he starts putting up tables with everybody else. I said, that's our man right there. That spoke to me more than anything because it's hard to find people who serve. See, listen, God will exalt you 
He will bless you when you serve. So who are you going to serve this week? Who is the Holy Spirit going to lead you to be that light to this week and serve? Ask the Lord right now. So bow your heads, close your eyes. Ask the Lord, Lord, who do you want me to serve? How do you want me to change? Because I want to be like you. And the Holy Spirit's going to put somebody in your mind right now who you're supposed to serve and to be that light to. Because you're going to be motivated by the love of God and you're going to do with humility and you're going to serve them. So Father, right now, I just thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. And so Father, right now, I just pray that you just teach us to be like you, Jesus. Teach us how to serve like you want us to serve. To be that servant leader where we influence people for your kingdom. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask this, right? That, Father God, change our heart where we have been selfish, where we have looked inward, and we have not moved outward, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for being self-centered and prideful. That, Father God, we are nothing without you. No matter how much money we have or how great we think we are, God, we are nothing without you. So, Father, I pray that we never lose sight of the heart of a servant. So, Father, show us how we're supposed to change. And that, God, we choose to do it in Jesus' name. So this world will know that we love one another, that we care for one another, that we put our brothers above ourselves, that we even love our enemies, and we bless them. So change our hearts, God, even as a church here at Cornerstone. Let our, us be known as people who serve, who love people, more than we love our own selves. In Jesus' name. And we thank you. No one looking around, everyone's eyes closed, please. If you're here today, if you've never have given your life to the Lord, I want to give you an opportunity. It's a great day to do that because Jesus came and he gave his life for you. He served you and I, even when we didn't like him, even when we maybe cursed at him. He did it anyway, not knowing if we would ever receive what what he gave us. But he came and he died for us so we could have life and life more abundantly. And he served you that way. He took your sin and my sin, past, present, and future upon himself so we could live. And you're sitting in your chair right now and you know you need something more. You know there's an emptiness inside? So I want to give you an opportunity to find out what real life is supposed to be like. By you making this commitment today and say, I give my life to you, Jesus. I make you the Lord of my life. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. And I receive everything that God has done for me. By you doing that, God comes into your life. He forgives you and makes you a new person from this day forward can be the greatest journey that you could ever be on 
And I'm going to give you an opportunity to step into this journey. I'm not going to force you. I can't force you. You just know right where you're at. You know you need something more. And this is it. It's giving your life to him. So if you're here today, I want to pray with you. I'm going to give you that opportunity. And this is what I ask for you to do. Just to raise your hand. And you can put it down once you raise it. When you raise your hand and then later I'm going to pray with you. So if you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, you want to give him your life. You want that love and forgiveness. Raise your hand right where you're at and you can put it up. Anybody in here, okay? Okay. Okay, put your hands down. Because this is a day that can be a day that's transformed your life forever. I did this back in 1983 and I've never looked back. Doesn't mean all my problems go away, but I have help with my problems. I have a family. Anybody else says, Pastor Sean, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Okay. So what I want us to do, everyone in here, I want you to pray this prayer. I want you to repeat after me. And those who prayed that, raise their hand, I want you to pray this prayer and mean it with all your heart. God's going to meet you right where you're at. And he's going to come in and start to transform your life. Where everything in your past is going to be forgotten. And today is a new day in God. Amen? So bow your heads again and close your eyes. And everybody pray after me. Say, Father God, I come to you right now. And I give you everything. I leave my old life behind. And today, I start a new one in you. So thank you, Jesus, for coming on this earth. Dying on the cross for me so I might be saved. Taking all the punishment that I deserved for myself, sinning and messing up. And I believe on you. And today, I make you the Lord, the boss of my life, in Jesus' name. And from this day forward, I will serve you. And I thank you. And I receive forgiveness. And I receive your love and acceptance in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Come on, give the Lord praise right now. Amen.